Philippians 4, 7, in response to that beautiful music, uh, the rest of the choir, the orchestra, I surrender. Hear these words again. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do surrender. We surrender, God, to your love, your grace, your life, your presence, your spirit, your salvation. This day, God, we come to devote ourselves to you in this moment of worship. Thank you for giving yourself to us in Christ, Christ crucified, in whose name we pray. Amen. Looking at a deeper life with God, the many ways and practices that lead us into a deeper faith, a deeper life, what the Bible calls the abundant life. I say it often, the abundant life the Bible talks about is not something that God forces upon us, something, something he challenges us to live in partnership with him, participating in it and all the ways it's lived out. And today, in understanding a devotion to God, around the idea of time is precious, and how we give that time to God and what it means. I'm going to begin by showing you a picture. Picture you've seen many, many times, not the picture, but you've seen what I'm going to show you up here. Uh, it's a picture of the moon. Uh, you see it often. In fact, many of you a week or so ago stood outside and looked to see if we're going to be able to see uh, a good picture of the, of the more red moon and that happens on rare occasions. See the eclipse happening. I got to see part of it. It was kind of cloudy, so couldn't see it that well. We see the moon a lot. It's an amazing thing to see, the light it brings. And, but there's more than that, just seeing it. There's also a second picture I want you to look at. Taken in 1969, Neil Armstrong, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. How many saw that on television when that happened? Many of you here at 9.30 or the well or Saturday night, not so many hands go up. It's more history for many of them, but many of you saw it. Others have heard about it. Certainly everybody is aware of this momentous moment in history. Uh, I saw it. I was 16 years old uh, when that happened and stayed up all night to watch that one step when a man's uh, footprint was placed in the moon, uh, Neil Armstrong. And it's it's a big deal, you know. It's a big deal. It, it's an amazing achievement. Uh, it's a really awesome thing to even imagine that a human being and many others after that could actually walk on the moon we see up in the night sky. And so it is a big deal. But think about this. You and I can connect with the God who created that moon. The God who hung it in the sky and gave it to us for light in the night, as the Psalms tell us. We can connect with that God even right now. And it, that's more awesome. That's more majestic. That's more amazing. That's more astonishing that we can connect with God and that we have a God who wants to connect with us. And the word devotion, time is precious, is part of that. And I want to tell you a story. The story from Scripture, it's in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You may not know that, but there are very few parables or stories or events that are in all four Gospels. Uh, there's quite a few in three, some in two, and a number just in one. Even the Christmas story is only in three of the Gospels. One doesn't really tell that story in great detail. But this story is in all of them. Jesus is part of it, as you might imagine. 
He's at a table in a small home, and they're there for dinner. He's gathered with a lot of religious leaders. Maybe Pharisees and Sadducees are part of that group. His disciples are there as well, it seems. And they're having a meal. Now, in that time, uh, they didn't have tables like we have today. They had more of a table that might be this far off the ground, very low to the ground, that was covered with the food. And they would kind of recline next to the table together, meaning their feet might be in somebody's face and that kind of thing. That's how they would eat back in those days in that very comfortable, relaxed kind of environment. That's what was happening. As they're eating, uh, Jesus is talking, I assume, uh, a woman walks into the room uninvited. She was not invited. She just showed up, and she walks up to Jesus. And she's carrying, uh, we're told, uh, kind of a vase that contains uh, perfumed oil. We're told by the story it's probably worth a year's pay, a year's wage was the value of that perfumed oil. And she walks up to Jesus and kneels by his feet. And we're told she takes that and she breaks that and she pours that oil all over his feet as she sheds literal tears onto his feet and washes his feet with her hair. In that moment, here's what those around say. There's one disciple that says this, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He said, you wasted that on Jesus. You should have sold that and given it to the poor. That's what Judas says. The others look at him and him. If you knew, here's what they if you knew what kind of woman this was, you wouldn't let her near you because she's a sinner. You wouldn't let her touch you. She's a sinner. You would not even let her in this room. She's a sinner. Now, what does Jesus do? What does Jesus say? I want you to know he elevates her higher than any person he elevates in the entire story from the Gospels. No one is given the place she has in the Gospels. And when he elevates what she has done, he says, you should have washed my feet with water like every good host should, and you did not do that. But she has come in here, given all she has, and washed my feet, even preparing me for burial that will come soon. The cross is not far away. Now, I want you to think about how that's considered. One says, well, you, you wasted that time, that, that gift, that, that moment on Jesus. You should have done something else. And, and others said, you weren't worth it. You're not worth it. You're not worth it. Yet here she finds this moment to come into the presence of God and simply give her time and her gifts to her creator. And nothing is ever the same for her or our faith as well. I want you to think about devotion, about what it is just to come to God in a moment of devotion, our prayer, our giving, all this wrapped up in that story, what it means for God and it means for us, how we connect with that. God has given us an amazing opportunity that we call uh, this devotion. We, we can participate in our relationship with God and the abundant life God says that we can live if we choose to live that life, and we have to live it in that partnership with God. He gives us, of course, Jesus, the Bible, prayer, presence, 
the will to be able to do this, and we can participate in that by coming into the presence of God and connecting with God who created all that is if we choose to participate in that. And the life that can grow in us and through us in that journey if we choose to do that and make those decisions that, that, that way. I'm kind of thinking that she might have been scared that day to go into that place and be told, get out of here. She might even have thought, Jesus is not going to accept this from me. He'll know I'm a sinner, and he'll say, get away from me, like every other religious leader would have done in that culture, but not Jesus. He just simply said, I'm here. I'm here. Are you here? I'm present. Are you present? I'm making this offering. Will you offer yourself? I'm available. Will you surrender? And she said, yes. And he says, look at her. She's got it. She's got it figured out. She's got it right. We bow our heads in a restaurant before a meal and say, thank you, God, for this meal. On the rare times I see that, which is rarer and rarer every day, to see a young couple with a child and, and they hold their hands together, and the little child maybe say part of it, and they say, thank you, God, for this meal. Boy, that's such a special moment for me to see that. Someone draws that way. The rare time someone in a service or moment of worship does say, Lord, I lift my hands just a little bit, just a little bit, some, a lot, mostly just a little bit, you know, in a time of prayer and reception and, and openness and submission to God. People may see me, but that's all right. She was a little concerned about those who would see her, but she went anyway because I'm going to Jesus. I've made that decision or get on our knees and submit to the God of the universe that created that moon and, uh, and, and made that in the first place that we can connect with by a moment simply of devotion, connecting with God, being devoted to Jesus Christ. Living in a culture that's about productivity, about process, about accomplishments, about possessions, about achievements. None of those things are bad in themselves, but here it's just about devotion to God, pouring all she had on his feet, shedding her tears there in that present place, and there, he pointed, look at her. She's She's got it figured out. The only one in this room who does, Judas, you're wrong. Religious leaders, you're wrong. She's right. Devotion in itself, devotion to God in itself, the most precious gift of our time, which is the only thing that we really actually own, that's actually ours, is our time. Nothing else really is, but that really is ours. We can do with it whatever we want to give that to God. In a moment of devotion, participating in that relationship is where the power of life is lived and how important that is to understand. And two things that rise from that. I'll share them first. They're on your message page if you'd like to follow along or take notes or fill in the blanks so you can take that with you. But hear this. When we devote time to God, it could be our most precious gift, pure, clean, and treasured by our Creator. When we go to God, I know we go often for many reasons. I I go often to say, God, I need you. Lord, bless me. I need your help. Give me wisdom. Forgive me. Uh, I need a miracle either for someone else or myself, and that's a very recurrent move to God, and that's a good thing to do. But to think that God is blessed when I simply come and worship and praise and give, that God says, that's, I like that. 
The Bible tells us that there is a sweet smell in heaven, a perfume, the aroma in heaven. What is that? Well, the Bible says in Revelation that is the prayers of the saints. The prayers of God people bring an aroma into the heaven that God is and where God is. And, and so we see the value of that extended from this very simple story of how important it is to God for people to say, I've got time for you, God. I've got time to devote to you. A quick prayer, opening the book, coming to church, building that kind of life, participating in that relationship that leads into an abundant life throughout our life, that I've got time for you, God, and how important it is. The second word here, much like the first says, few things are more freeing than taking our eyes off ourselves, off our stuff, off what we cannot control, and placing them on God in pure, loving devotion. Just in that alone. Again, we think differently sometimes because our culture is all about productivity and achievement and getting through something and finishing and saying, okay, I'm done, instead of just devotion to God. And how pure and holy and blessed that is in that relationship and how important it is. It's like taking a walk with someone that you love. That walk, maybe listening to them, maybe you doing all the talking, maybe just walking together. But each Part of that is a special part of that relationship, and God's the same way we walk with him, pure, loving devotion. There are two words that are used in another translation of the same text in Philippians that I think are helpful to understand what happens. One says that we are and can be shaped by our devotion, shaped by that. You may have been able to see it one time, maybe a potter and a potter's wheel where they take a lump of clay, uh, get it wet, uh, and put it on the wheel and shape it as the wheel turns. And you see it shaped into a, a vase or a chalice or a pot or something like that. And it's amazing to watch that miracle happen. I think that we are shaped the same way. Now, unfortunately, too many are shaped by the world we live in, that our fear, our anxiety, or where we live in shapes us and makes us, a certain, makes us look a certain way. And we find ourselves broken because of that. Instead of being shaped by our devotion to God, our devotional moments with God, how that shapes us and makes us who we are. And I'm telling you, there's no way around this journey. There's no other way to go. Some years ago, our church did what we called the Reveal Survey. That was the name of that survey. We all are, many of our members did that. Uh, it was a national survey done by many churches. We built some changes upon that survey. And that survey, when that was done, other churches had done theirs. It was put together into one book called Reveal. And that book simply said, where do people find their greatest strength, their maturity? What helps them become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ? The word devotion in that story. What is it? And we were surprised by what the answers came out to be. It wasn't the preacher's sermons that they listened to. So all pastors say, well, it was not me. Uh, it wasn't even the music in church, you know, so we can't say it's the music. You know, it, it wasn't some particular secret thing that people were doing. It, it turned out to be people who consistently have private devotions that was the number one recurring theme that helped people be fully devoted, faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, living in the word we called already in the beginning part, peace that passes all 
understand. It was those who learned how to do that throughout their life. Spent that time in prayer, that time with a book, that time just waiting in God's presence, and there's no rules for that. As I said in the study that I did today at 9.30, the only bad prayer is no prayer. Any other prayer is a good prayer. It's going into God's presence. That was the key recurring, unnegotiable need for those who want to really walk with God, experience the peace the Bible talks about, that they are shaped by their devotions. They are shaped by their moments they connect with God. They are shaped by their prayers. They are shaped by the time they read that book. They are shaped by the time they spend with God, either listening or talking or just present with God, sitting in the backyard. There's all kinds of ways to do that, I know. I'm not going to talk about that this week. We'll talk more about that next week, but that's what we're, we're talking about today. The second part of that same passage, another translation, says that we find ourselves in this way in harmony with the truth. That's a concept that you've got to think about, and I'll say more about it in a second, but it's harmony with the truth. Uh, when I was a young pastor, I had a lady in my church named Grace. Grace was on me all the time to come sing with them at local nursing homes. I was happy to preach at those homes. I wasn't happy to sing at them. She kept on me till I finally did, and I found out why. It was mostly women who sang, five or six of, of them. They needed a bass. And so they made me not only sing it, made, they made me learn how to sing the bass line of uh, a song or many songs as we sang together. And I learned a little bit about how to do that there uh, in those moments in nursing homes, singing the bass line. Because it was my line, it was my note, it was my part to sing and play. There was no way around it. And doing it right, there was some level of harmony, some level of it anyway, of harmony. Until you and I do our part in that kind of devotion, there's no harmony in our life. There's only bad notes. And a lot of folks live a life of bad notes, and they wonder why. Why can't I? Why is it not happening for me? Where is that life the Bible talks about? What's this word abundant, lot of good life? I don't get it at all. Their life's full of bad notes. They have not dedicated themselves to that daily, weekly, yearly devotion to God that builds a healthy Christian life, is lived out in peace, and also all the ways that life is moved into, our, into the world we live in. And again, Jesus called that the abundant life. In harmony with the truth, God is and God created me. That's the truth. That's in harmony with the truth. When we have devotions, that comes to mind. You know, God loves me, and I'm learning to love God. That's the truth. God is a God of grace, and I occasionally mess up. Thank you, God, for forgiveness. That's the truth. Uh, one day I'm going to see God face-to-face -face in everlasting life. No matter how difficult this life is, that's coming for me one day. I, I look for that day to come. That's the truth. And that harmonizing with, harmonizing with that truth shapes our life and the beauty that God wants. And I'm saying again, there's no way around that. It's not going to happen just one miraculous day. It's not magically forced upon us even by God. It's about participating in that relationship with God. That's what devotion is. As we, as we participate in so many other things in life, and he reap rewards because of it. Same way with this journey here today. There are four uh, verses here that was read by Dennis a moment ago. I'm going to read them again in the Message Bible. 
They'll be on the screen for you to see. I like the wording here from the same words from Philippians, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Let me begin with this. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in God. Revel in God. The more you know God, the more you celebrate God in your life and who God is and God's love for you and your need of God. And reveling in that relationship with God and saying, I like this part of my life. I like that God is with me and I'm walking. I I like it. I enjoy it. I, I want it. I am drawn toward that. That comes from a life of devotion to God. It doesn't happen just overnight. Secondly, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. I love how that happens in our life, that that shaping, that molding who we are and how that takes what is natural for us. It's natural for us to worry. It's natural for us to be afraid. It's natural for us to, to journey through life that way. But to say we can move from that into having that become a life of prayer. And a life of prayer is, again, that devotion to God that changes everything. Secondly, third verse here is before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for will come and settle you down. And that's a redefinition of the word peace. Peace with God is that it's not just that all of a sudden I have this sense of peace. It is instead a sense of who God is, of my being whole in God's love for me, of of my life coming together around that relationship, uh, around that settling, settling me down in my life, how that works. And finally, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Wonderful when that happens. And that only happens through consistent, daily, regular devotion to God. In many, many ways, if that is done, how that works, there's no rules for it. It's a matter of simply just making that part of our life. And that moves us to being shaped by a life that moves into harmony with the truth, a walk that God created us to live, and how special that is. And we, we make the decision to head in that direction. I begin showing you a picture a picture of the moon and the man who walked on the moon the very first time and how awesome that is to know that that actually took place. Many of you saw it as I did. It's even more amazing to think we can connect with God and God wants to connect with us. And the word is time is precious. When we give it, we give that time to God, it changes everything. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, today we thank you for the words you give us. We appreciate these words. And you know us well. So now we find a moment to be devoted to you. This hour, God of church, is our time, but we've chosen to give it to you. This time of listening, God, to a message we give to you. This time where we, we bow our heads, submit to you as our God and our creator, we give to you. In that gift, we know, Lord, you'll give us peace in return. This day and every day, our prayers in Jesus' name, amen.